CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Wednesday, July 12th starts now. On today's show, Ben welcomes back the great and powerful Monroe Anderson for another Monroe Wednesdays. The Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you in part by SEIU Healthcare Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, doesn't matter what you're looking for it's probably over there at chicagoreader.com and if you're looking for more ben jarofsky content that's there too head to chicagoreader.com forward slash jarofsky that's j-o-r-a b is in victory s-k-y hello again everybody ben jarofsky here we're calling this jaws and journalists wednesday and here's why before i get to jaws and our journalists let me just tell you it is wednesday monroe anderson is here <laughs> and just news is breaking like <laughs> i can't even keep up with all the malfeasance with all the lying with all the dancing with all the ducking with all the dodging with all the suing so i was all set to go with chapter two of the northwestern uh, hazing slash racism situation with the football team and the moves and the efforts of Northwestern officials uh, to uh, get it, get rid of this as a scandal so they could rally support to raise money for their stadium. This is like, this is such a case study, ladies and gentlemen, of how, how the world works, public relations works, big law firms work, you know, donors kicking in dough for big projects works. You can't have anything embarrassing. And then journalism in the middle of it all, which is like independent of all the PR machinery. It's just like a fascinating, fascinating case study. So it was all set to go into round two of that and then have Monroe Anderson, who's been in the game as a journalist. Uh, and he's been on the other side. He's the guy manipulating the journalist for years as, uh, as the black. <laughs> And by the way, he said it didn't take much. <laughs> it was months, not years. Oh, well, it was only a couple of years. It seemed like 50, I'm sure, while you were going through it. But by the way, Monroe, you see the stitches. That's the uh, surgery yesterday for the skin cancer. It was successful. This is day two. I stole the stitches, ladies and gentlemen. But I feel I just popped two ibuprofen. feeling pretty good. Feeling better today than I did yesterday. So a lot of people sent me uh, texts hoping I was feeling better. Thank you for the text. I am feeling better, but I am going to try to keep it restrained today. I still have those stitches. I don't want to get too excited and pop those stitches. All right, where am I? Okay, breaking news. Just Monroe, this has been breaking uh, we've, since we talked. Monroe and I talked for over an hour this morning about what we were going to talk about. And now it's breaking, breaking news. Fox News hit by another uh, defamation lawsuit. Arizona man cited in conspiracy theories sues Fox News for defamation. Ray Epps, a two-time Trump voter, says Tucker Carlson repeatedly and falsely named him as a covert government agent who incited the January 6th attacks. I've been following this one from afar over the last uh, week or so, following the stories leading up to the filing of the suit. And uh, this, I guess, this is um, this is sort of a, a fight. This is a, what is a uh, a front in uh, on the war and dis- disinformation is suing the journalists, uh, suing the out the the news establishments. Fox has already hit hard, of course. Yeah, with the, I, I don't put Fox in the journalism category. Well, they they claim a defensive journalism and they claim they are journalists and they are looking for people like you and me to support them in this endeavor. Uh, And I'm like, I don't know. Right. Uh, uh, And then the other breaking news. This one is just Monroe. I read the article. Once again, shout out to Frank who said it to me. I don't know what I do without you, Frank. Uh, This one is I mean, this one is such a piece of work. 
the ongoing saga of Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who is apparently convinced that he's above all rules, all regulations, all appearances of propriety and what you're supposed to do. Just he could do whatever he wants, he's free to do whatever he wants. And that way, I guess he's akin to Sam Alito, his good pal on the Supreme Court, the Sammy and Clarence show. This story broke Guardian shout out. So Clarence Thomas's aide, Rajan Bassett, took Venmo payments from lawyers with cases in front of Clarence Thomas. The amount of payments is not disclosed, this is from the article, but the purpose of each payment is listed as either, quote, Christmas party, unquote, Thomas Christmas party, unquote, CT Christmas party, or CTXmas party, in apparent references to the justice of the initials. Huh. I, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this out. They were paying for Clarence Thomas's Christmas party. Now, here are some of the lawyers who were paying for the Christmas party. Quote, the lawyers who made the Venmo transactions were Patrick Strawbridge, a partner at Consovoy McCarthy, who recently successfully argued that affirmative action violated the U.S. Constitution. Let's just pause and think about that. They just like blew up. Martin Luther King's dream of integration and uh, a society where blacks and whites are working together, you know, in all aspects and areas, universities, I don't law, law firms, what have you blew that up. Uh, <laughs> and leading the way uh, was Clarence Thomas with his ruling and arguing was the guy who was paying for the Christmas party for Clarence Thomas. Wow. Another lawyer who uh, made a Ven Venmo transaction was Kate Todd, who served as White House deputy counsel under Donald Trump at the time of the payment and is now managing a partner of a big time law firm. Uh, Albert Lynn, the former solicitor general of West Virginia, who played a key role on a Supreme Court case that limited the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate gas house, to, to legal, excuse me, to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. Wow. And then some other lawyer who has argued multiple cases before the Supremes. So I don't know how you can justify on any way, even in Chicago, this would not be acceptable behavior for the lawyers who are appearing before the judge to contribute money to the judge's Christmas party. I, I don't think it's as bad as the one. Here's just some of the other accusations, uh, Monroe, in case you've forgotten um, uh, about uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, he uh, the, a billionaire conservative donor. Harlan Crow has paid for lavish holidays for the justice, bought Thomas's mother's home and paid for Clarence Thomas's great nephew's private school education. Let's just add another one uh, to uh, the list. Uh, and uh, I'll hold off, ladies and gentlemen, for the moment on um, the, the Northwestern case, because I need to get Monroe's thoughts here. Monroe. Yes. Is now anything acceptable with MAGA, with the MAGA 6 on the Supremes? Are they just absolutely uh, above the law that there's, no conflict of interest rules or regulations that abide by them. Are they to uh, the issue of conflicts of interest? What Donald Trump is to the issues of like laws against sexual assault, laws against inciting insurrections, laws against inciting coups, laws against stealing elections, uh, laws uh, against, what am I forgetting? Oh, <laughs> taking uh, non-classified documents to your private home. Are they now exempt from, is MAGA now exempt from all rules and regulations and free to do whatever they want, Monroe Anderson? As long as it's good for them, yes. If it's good for us, then no. <laughs> then suddenly they 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 want to uh, play by the rules uh, with anybody but them and their crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, Clarence Clarence Thomas, for example, knew that he was on uh, was being bribed. I mean, there's no question about it. He initially reported the trips and the parties and the the gifts and what have you. And then uh, he was challenged by on it by some publication, 
And so his solution was, well, he wouldn't report it anymore. <laughs> so that's what he did. He stopped reporting it. Wow. Uh, yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell uh-huh. did a piece last night where he, he pointed out that he and Clarence Thomas had something in common that he didn't realize what it was. It was that when they were 10 years old, both of them wanted to be Catholic priests. <laughs> and he said the difference between him and Clarence is that he outgrew it and uh, he went into something else. Uh, Clarence uh, wanted to be the priest, sort of kept it up until he fell into um, Daddy Bush's hands, who started putting him in these different government positions. And um, a, a, a year or two after uh, Clarence had, had decided he wasn't going to be a priest, he said that the thing is he wanted to be rich, a very rich man. But following doing government wasn't going to make him a very rich man. So he figured out another way to do it. Yeah. Rich men to make him a rich man. Yeah, he may not be fabulously wealthy, although Supreme Court justices make a very good living, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, well, very so by, by billionaire standards. It's Understand, hard. you're not going to be able to fly yourself to go fishing in Alaska on a private jet right. on a Supreme Court salary. But right. if you have a billionaire friend who happens to be arguing cases in front of you, maybe you can get a ride, hitch a ride on his private plane. Right. And uh, so oh, worse than that, Ben, what 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 happened was they used Clarence, the billionaire, to um, bring in Clarence was their pimp. He started bringing in the other su- Supremes into their realm, um, getting them made, made contacts to where they were being invited to social events or they were get given tickets to um, skyboxes at, at various sporting events. I mean, they, it, it, it was a it was a soft bribe, I guess. Except, um, yeah, no, it wasn't that soft. Yeah, <laughs> I take it back. It, it was it was it, it was um, it was pretty, it was bad. Oh, I um, I think I told you this. Uh, uh, I, I'm obsessed with this uh, TV show. I'm watching it late in the in its run. <laughs> It may be off the air now. I don't even know. It's called The Good Fight. I watch it. I, I rent the videos from uh, the um, uh, the library. I know I told you about this because I don't have the streaming service that it airs on. Anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, there is a character in the show who is a black conservative judge. And he's a man of principle. So even though I don't agree with his politics, this character in the show, yeah. I appreciate his principle. He takes these courageous stands. He's paying a price for him. I won't give anything away. Uh, but he he frequently says, I am a black conservative judge and I'm going to do what I think is right. And I'm not going to worry about the consequences. Uh, that's a repeating theme in the show. I'm looking out in the world of conservatives right now. Is there anyone with principles? No, no, no there there is not. At least none that have stepped forward and, and been and, and have proven to be as such. There's, it's amazing. I mean, they are just so. I mean, they 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 make your your um, friendly democratic machine politicians look like choir boys. Absolutely. I can't repeat this. And I'm glad you said it because I can't repeat it enough here in the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois, uh, where we are just have always been bombarded with corruption for as long as I can remember. We I can't think of any Democrat who justifies corruption, who attacks the prosecution. The only one I can think of is not even a Democrat anymore. His name is Rod Bogoyevich. He's now a Trump guy. All right. So every other Democrat's like you do the crime you do the time okay and we have higher standards in the city of chicago and the county of cook in the state of illinois with democrats than republicans have anywhere now i know some people might say well uh bar bill Barr, uh because he's been denouncing trump lately but monroe he was a little late to the party wouldn't you say oh yeah right he's, he's, he's exactly uh, you know it's like Queen Elizabeth was 
very promiscuous until she decided to be a virgin. <laughs> she declared herself a virgin, and that was it. <laughs> I, I always heard that as a joke uh, by uh, Oscar Levant, a, a great it wasn't uh, a joke. It wasn't a joke. She that, that's how <laughs> she was. Yeah. Well, that was the Doris Day joke, you know, where Oscar Levant said, I knew Doris Day uh, before she was a virgin, right. uh, which is uh, I never heard that in regards to Queen right. Elizabeth. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I knew her before she was a virgin. Right. All right. Uh, since. Since we're going down this path, let's uh, hold off on Northwestern and uh, the local stuff and just keep follow this, uh, even though it's upending uh, the arrangement we uh, had before we went on the show. All right. So we're talking about Republicans with a principle, Republicans who are willing to defy the mob, Republicans who will speak out in this case against. Well, we were talking about Clarence Thomas and uh, Sammy Alito and just their uh, old uh violation of all conflict of interest laws let's talk chris christie you raised him uh before we went on the air and uh i watched this clip of him giving a speech this weekend and i forget where this was some conservative group and he denounced trump in the speech and of course the cultists in the group uh even though they're supposedly good christians or whatever started booing like how dare you uh criticize our cult leader and Christie t- said, you can boo all you want, but the truth's the truth. This man is blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then he, he went on with his, uh, his speech, and the booing largely stopped. Uh, yeah, so, one, of, yeah one of the points Christie likes to make is that how much of, how big a loser Trump is. And he enumerates, he lists the various things Trump has lost for Republicans since he got in the office. He, you know, he goes. He lost the White House. He lost the Senate. <laughs> he lost a lot of states. He goes through all the things that have been lost as a result of Trump's leadership. So, all right, that's a different ar- argument. Uh, the ba- the argument that he's bad for our party is different than he's bad for our country. He's bad for the standards we're trying to uphold. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That that. Yeah. that Different. That's a a, a nuanced difference. Between- well, except because they aren't trying to upstand, uh, upst- uh, uphold any standards anymore. The Republicans, yeah. Christie now is pretending to. You know, although he's had his period of uh, when he was walking on the the wrong side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you the the question I. Um, I intend to ask you about principle and Christie, but let me just remind everybody: Christie was so loyal to Donald Trump uh, that uh, he was begging to be Donald Trump's uh, chief of staff. Got turned down, as Monroe has pointed out many times, because uh, Jared Kushner's uh, father vetoed him. He prosecuted Kushner's old man years ago. In the prison. These guys are also corrupt, man. Yes. Uh, and uh, uh, he stayed loyal. Nonetheless, throughout the first uh, that the Trump years, to the point where he showed up to Amy Coney Barrett's party at, at the White House, nobody wearing masks at right. the height of COVID, and got COVID. Right, he, the he super took, spreader. He went to the super spreader event at, at, at the White House. At the way he got COVID for Trump. And That's how loyal died. he was to Trump. And almost literally, he was in the hospital on the deathbed, but he pulled through. They pulled him through. So do you believe he's made a uh, had a change of heart, a principal change of heart? He's come to see the light. Or do you think this is just a pragmatic politician uh, looking to maybe get an, a, an angle to get ahead or just do damage to the guy he cannot stand and is sick of sucking up to go? Uh, well, first, first of all, January 6th was the straw that broke the camel's back for Christie and for Bill Barr. You know, these these guys are immoral, unethical, call call, call what you want. So when when Trump tried to just out and out steal the election, that was a bridge too far for them. And so they, 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 same same with McConnell. You know, McConnell shortly 
uh, well, surely uh, in that time era when Trump was planning this stuff, he he left. You know, he 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 quit talking to Trump. And they haven't had a conversation in a couple of years. Well, that's 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 wild because uh, Trump will probably be the Republican nominee. We will well, get into yeah. that. Well, uh, if, if 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 he doesn't uh, plead deal to, to not go to prison. That's that's the Monroe Anderson theory, ladies and gentlemen. It's now week two of that theory. He's not uh, uh, he's still holding on to that theory that Donald Trump will will actually not be a candidate in 2024 because he's going to cut a plea deal to avoid uh, going to prison. But you still stick with the theory. Yeah, except Jack Smith may not go along with it. He may not take the plea deal. (laughs) But Trump will try. Trump Trump is not running for president. Trump is running to stay out of prison. And running for president is the way he's going to stay out of prison. And being, being president because he he will um, um, protect himself and anybody else who could do anything as president. He will, he will get a, a um, Department of Justice head who would dismiss all the cases for him that are against him. So do you think that Chris Christie, going back to Christie, uh, realizes that he was uh, fooling himself the previous four years before January 6th when he was a flag waver uh, for Trump, when he was a pom-pom cheerleader for Trump? Do you think he now realizes he was fooling himself? Uh, You know, know, Chris finesses it by saying that... um, he supported Trump back then because he didn't like Hillary, and um, and he doesn't like Biden. So, and Trump was was his guy for that reason. He had known Trump, he, uh, but it was because of who he didn't like, not because he loved Trump so much. That's how he defines it now. Yeah, but the thing is. Chris Christie has been ambitious for a very long time. And so he was just um, he was just trying to move it forward with his career. Well, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not a Chris Christie fan. Right. I have n- never been a Chris Christie fan. I'm yeah. pretty sure trying to think of there's any moment, like when he first broke onto the scene, where I was like, oh, this guy's interesting. And uh, no, okay. <laughs> I always thought he was a bully. Right. Uh, he, and, he is. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, uh, and then his little show he did with Rom on uh, ABC was a joke. It was laughable uh, when they had their little TV time together back uh, right after Rom left the uh, city of Chicago. Uh, so uh, I'm not a Chris Christie fan, but I must, I am enjoying watching him play this role. I enjoy watching. And MAGA, anyone else who has dared want Trump in right. a MAGA Nobody space, else DeSantis is so scared he won't do it. Nobody else, right? Am I right? You know, and and so a lot of commentators say that Christie's in fact on a death march, <laughs> <laughs> that he knows he's he can't get the nomination, but uh, he's decided to take Trump out with him. But I, the thing I, is, um, he. There's some a few others who say that he could actually use as he's going, and Trump gets not only indicted but his trial happens and he becomes con- convicted. He, there are enough Americans out there who will not like the idea of having their country run from a prison cell. <laughs> <laughs> so, and 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 um, by that time, uh, Christie will have. have <laughs> presented himself as a reasonable alternative because everybody else is, yeah. is Trump light or the other candidates, either Trump light or want to be Trump vice president. Well, I, uh, I can't see it. Um, I, I realize that we're no, it's these long shots, you know, but what he's done is he has defined his lane. Yeah. And, it, and he's the only one in this lane. 
And probably the only one. Right, right. I don't even think there's any voters in that lane, any Republican voter. Again, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about a Republican primary. So don't get confused, listeners. Some of our listeners get confused. We're not talking about independent voters who will come over and vote uh, in, in a general election. You got to get to the general election. I, mean, I, I think Christie's at two or three percent now. So they're two or three. Is he at two or three? Are you sure about that? Yeah. Got don't you have to be at two percent to make the debate? Right. That's why so, he's, he's he's teasing that he's going to make the debate. Well, I hope he does make the debate. And, I hope Trump shows up because that'll be a heck of a. Well, no. And, and he's taunting <laughs> Trump already about it. I, I, he's talking Trump, trash. Trump, Trump. Trump is going to be too ticket shit to show up at the debate and go up against him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, mean <laughs> I can't. You know, I've I've been saying this more and more. Uh, I had I, I say this on the mic, off the mic. Uh, on some ways, I envy MAGA. I mean, we listen to what I'm going to say, Monroe. I envy MAGA because Trump is. When you put aside uh, the racism, when you put aside the corruption, when you put aside the fascism, you know, and, when you and, put aside and, and, and the and, and the unpatriotism, and yeah, unpatriotic all, part, yeah, all, all of that, you know, the the the, uh, the blowing <laughs> the up of environmental laws, cheating. The cheating. Yeah. Yeah, let's not forget the environmental laws, like you yeah, know, right. like the world that we know is just like ready to fall apart because of climate change. Anyway, you put all that apart. The man is the funniest president in, in our lifetime. No question. The, the antics he does are so outrageous. Uh, and I find refreshing because as a kid, Monroe, I love Mad Magazine. Yeah. Follow me on this. I don't know if you read Mad when you were a kid in Gary. I read Mad. I love I Mad. I, didn't, I, I wasn't a regular read, but I did read it on occasion. I, I, and they made fun of authority all the time. So there's a part of me that just likes like the comedians that mock powerful people. And they, and they are the first to make fun of Trump's hands. That was one of their features way back then. Yes. His little hands. His little hands. So I, I kind of appreciate someone who just mocks just all the standards that we have. Uh, so kind of envious of you, Maga, because Trump's funny. Well, what an awful human being. Uh, by the way, speaking of comedy, just a tangent. Have you seen Wanda Sykes stand up on Netflix yet? Have you seen that by any chance? I think so. The newest one, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, I, I everybody to check out Wanda. I've seen her. I don't know if it's the newest. I, I saw it maybe four months ago. Uh, like I think that's the old one. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no okay. idea. This yeah. one is the yeah. one where she um, she's talking about hit this line. Which I'm like, God, that's a great line. I wish uh, I had thought of that. She's talking about Moms for Liberty and these other MAGA groups uh, that are trying to uh, throw out well, any kind of study of racial history uh, from public schools. Uh, and she says, they'll tell you. Uh, that they're worried about they're trying to protect their children because uh, their children will be, if they learn the history of racism in this country, the children will be feel ashamed because they're white. And, and then Wanda Sykes says, what they're really trying to do uh, is protect themselves because if their kids learn about uh, the history of race in this country, they'll be ashamed of their parents. Right. And I thought that man. Oh, that yeah, was, no, that's good. No, I haven't seen that. I would remember yeah. that. So yeah. that's one. Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. That, that was a pause, and moment. that's very true. Yes, that there, there's there. Anybody who's in MAGA is not a um, defender of diversity. Yes, of the American way. Yeah. So, all right. So, since I raised the subject of uh, race uh, and the counterpunch, let me uh, raise something with you. I forget it was. Um, I can't remember where it was, Monroe. I may have been a conversation with you. I just can't remember where I said it, but I went on this rail, rant and rail about uh, uh, the government's breaking promises uh, to black people since uh, slavery was ended. Uh, and then I was like, do you remember 40 acres and a mule? Remember 40? I was like ranting about 40 acres and a mule. Right. Which, by the way, Monroe, you'd be shocked how many people don't know what 40 acres and a mule is. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm not, Making or, that up. A lot they, of people. Yeah. Now, if they're from the South, what they know is the war of Northern aggression. Yeah. I guess so. They never heard of 40. Anyway, <laughs> exactly. so 
uh, I put that on my uh, Instagram page. Okay, the little riff, and all it, it's like the old days when you were on Facebook. MAGA woke up somehow or other. They they don't. I know MAGA doesn't listen to the show, but they follow me on Facebook or on Instagram. One after another, ripping me. You know, calling me all kinds of names. And here's what they said: They call you a nigger lover, or that. That's that. No, that's now the new one is um uh when they want to make it personal uh they call me uh a white savior. Yeah, You're a yeah. white savior. You're trying to save black people. Right. Oh hey, man! Guys. Hey guys. Anyway, uh, hey, guys. Guys, help us! Help us! Help us! You should say it takes one million. Oh my God, that's hilarious. So, but the the predominant theme is. I hope you don't uh, have to go to the hospital and end up with an affirmative action doctor. This is like the latest talking point. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell? Affirmative action doctor. Right, right, right. I know. Well, remember, uh, one Barack Obama was affirmative action president. Yeah. They, they were forever demanding to see his, his tr- college transcript. Because yeah. surely he was affirmative action. That's the only way he got them. Yeah. And. They were always claiming that the only way he could get through his speeches was by d- reading the telephone. Yeah. You know, somebody had to put the words in his mouth. And um, I would um, point out to them that he, my, my, my MAGA people on Facebook that I was fighting with, I would point out to him that he, okay, now he's on the law review. And as the editor of the law review, that is not every everybody who's at Harvard Law School wants to be the editor of that thing. And so, I uh, there is no way they said, "Well, for affirmative action's sake, we're going to let this uncal- <laughs> unqualified colored guy be in charge of it." That did not happen. Yeah, no, it's um... you could. I mean, if you listen to Obama. If you're yeah. smart enough to understand what he was saying, you knew how smart he was. I mean, I think that probably irritated a lot of people. Uh, but, I mean, we all know. We, and, I, I mean, we have the same conversation all the time as baby boomers. Like, I always say uh, Barack Obama's the smartest president uh, that I've ever lived under. And then you come back with Bill Clinton. And I, I'm like, yeah, it's. Right. That's it's right. neck and neck there because they're both smart. Right, exactly. Uh, exactly. See, and I, I'm, I'm the truth teller. So. Yeah. As much as <laughs> you always as much as I like Obama to be yeah, the only no. one. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to pretend like Clinton didn't exist. I'm so embarrassed by him and the fact they voted for him twice. Hey, MAGA. Yeah, I could be embarrassed. You could be embarrassed too. One day you will wake up and go, God, I can't believe I voted for Trump twice. Kind of like well, me and Clinton. Right. Except, okay, I'm going to give you Chris Christie uh, support for that one. It was you didn't like who. Uh, Clinton was running against. That's why you chose Clinton. Well, okay. Since we're here, yeah, I have to admit. Yeah. Uh, this is, listen, hey, MAGA, you can be honest. Well, I'm going to teach you how to be honest, okay? <laughs> so I have to admit, I got to kick the way out of the way Bill Clinton just danced his way around. It was pre-MAGA, uh, the Republicans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way he, he just played the game so effectively. Uh, I remember one uh, friend of mine telling me that uh, watching Bill Clinton in operation was watching Greg Maddox, the old Cubs pitcher pitch. He was the master of the curveball, Like he would just hit the strike zone right uh, where he, he needed to. He was deceptive. And that's how Bill Clinton was. And he just frustrated Republicans. Right. And so I, I got to admit, I got a kick out of that, even though. Yeah. Later, I resent Slick Willie. Remember that, Monroe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I remember it, and, and I liked him for that. I, I had problems with him because right off the bat, uh, when he had this black man who was retarded and was a, about to be executed, and he could have saved him, and he didn't. 
it was That's worse cool. than that. He flew home to uh, 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 to uh, Arkansas yeah. to make sure he was there when the guy was executed because he right. wanted to prove. See, that's the side of now. You got me going. Exactly. That's, that's Mr. Soldier and, side of him. And his, and his sister soldier. Yeah. Those two things made me a, uh, not a fanatical fan of his. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. So. Uh, and then it's funny to watch other Democrats try, uh, white Democrats try to do what Clinton did. So Clinton with the sister soldier moment where he criticized a sister soldier uh, and then tr- try to like show white people that he could criticize black people. I watched Rom try to do the same thing in Chicago. Yeah. I'm like, you are not Clinton. Stop right. trying to be exactly. Clinton. Exactly. <laughs> There's only one Billy C, and you are not him. Okay, right. uh, but anyway, man, that was I. Kn- I knew Billy C. <laughs> I was a friend of Billy C. You are no Billy C. <laughs> oh my God, Bill! I remember the last. I mean, my last favorable moment of Bill Bill Clinton was when he gave the nominating speech for Obama. I want to say it was at. Uh, I think it was the 2012 the second run, and it was just um, a brilliant speech. It could have yeah. been 2008. I'm getting it mixed up. It was just an absolutely br- He was making the case for Obama, and uh, he, he just was. I think that was 2008, and be- yeah. uh, besides him, Bill's ego wanting to do that, I think it was a way of them proving that the marriage. They, although they were alienated, they were still they still liked each other. Yes, but Hillary, you talking about Hillary, yeah, yeah, Hillary, yeah, the yeah. Hillary. yeah. Uh, and then the absolute. But, but by 2016, when Bill Clinton gave his speech for Hillary at the convention, it I just was disgusted. That speech where he was talking about. Let me tell you about my 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 favorite person. Where he uh, went on and on about how he loved Hillary and didn't mention his affair in the white house. You know what I'm saying? Didn't mention what he put Hillary through. That was like, man, come on, Bill. You're really ex- expecting a lot of us for us just to forget. Yeah, I mean, what was he going to do? <laughs> I'll tell you what. She, she, she's going to be a great president, but <laughs> some other women give better blowjobs. <laughs> what was the great Monroe Anderson line when I he said it on the radio, ladies and gentlemen, right, right. on the radio it wasn't even a podcast. We're talking about Clinton eating ain't cheating. Yeah, it was just eating it ain't cheating. <laughs> oh it. But that wasn't Clinton who said that. That was a Southern saying. Said that about in relation to Bill Clinton. Yeah, but yeah, but Clinton was thinking it, but I'm not sure. I I I, I don't I don't know if he he said it, but that was that was a whole Southern thing. Yeah. It's like. Well, a white man thing is if if it's, if if it's just eating, it ain't cheating. Yeah, and so uh, anyway, that's uh, I, MAGA. I'm embarrassed that I was uh, a supporter of Bill Clinton. Uh, I wish, in retrospect, I hadn't. And so maybe you can learn from me regarding Trump. That moment will come when maybe you'll wake up one morning and go, God, I can't believe I was so supportive of this asshole. Yeah, that, that's that's not that's not even comparison. It's it's more like those who supported Nixon until they didn't. It's a, you know, it's that's that's what the bag of people gotta be. Wow. Hopefully. I don't I don't you know it, if, so, so many of them are so stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. You know, this is. I mean, they, I. I mean, well, for any any learned, intelligent black on 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 in this country, mm. if they didn't know it before, they know that this whole white supremacy, white people smarter thing, is a big lie. Yeah. If they had figured it, it's like, whoa! I thought they were smarter than that. You know what's funny? When 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 they come at me with affirmative action doctor, they I mean they really came at me with it, you know? Yeah, oh yeah, no. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Aren't you the guys that love Ben Carson's? Right. You know, that's like your favorite guy, right? right. When Ben Carson, and he doctor. was a brilliant. It's a, he was a brilliant doctor. I mean, well, you know, I you would know, want him to operate on me. Okay. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. 
Exactly. But Monroe, if if I've read a lot about Ben Carson, he stumbled at the outset of his college career. His SAT scores were low. If that's what if if that's what's going to determine whether you get into right. a college and get an opportunity, then he should have been denied an opportunity. I for one think it's ridiculous that they put so much emphasis on SATs. But uh, yeah, you know, and and, um, and if memory serves me right. Michael Jordan at one time wasn't considered a very good basketball player. No, he didn't make the sophomore team. Exactly right. Uh, and uh, I read that there's they're re- revising that history. I saw that on Ted Lasso. Have you do you watch Ted Lasso at all? Have you yeah, watched I Ted watched Lasso? the first season. I haven't watched it since then. I've okay. been, it was one of the things I was planning on doing, but I, I get distracted by yeah. uh, MSNBC <laughs> and the Trump season, right? Exactly, yeah. and the Trump nut season. Yeah, no, I, it's easy. It's easy too. But uh, anyway, they, there's a section in that show where they kind of revisit that whole issue of Jordan not making the sophomore team. But uh, yeah, so uh, I would say one of the greatest doctors uh, in America, despite his politics, is Ben Carson. The guy was a brilliant surgeon, right? You know, uh, and um, so there you go, MAGA. Uh, it's, uh, and he got bad SAT scores, MAGA. He by your by your standards. He shouldn't have been let into college, let alone medical school. So figure right. it out, Maggie, and get back to me. Uh, all right. You know, and part of, okay, just talking about that for a minute, the difference is um, that middle-class white kids get tutors. They get people to teach them how to take the test, whereas a black kid is just going in there and taking the test. And uh, that makes a difference. Absolutely. That test is ridiculous. Right. Our country's obsession with high stakes standardized tests are absurd. They are not indicators of absolutely anything of relevance, in my opinion. And you're correct. How can it be a standard that you judge people by their quote unquote intelligence if you could take a test to make if you could take classes to make you better at it? That's like cheating. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, it most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Uh, You know, guys, I'm just saying they outlawed steroids in baseball because it gave an unfair advantage to uh, the guys who took the steroids. And so now they realize that Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Sammy Sosa, mm, you know, the list goes on and on that didn't really make those great achievements and accomplishments you think you did. Well, what about all the guys who got testing for the SAT? God, the, the entire Republican Party, Monroe, would have to step down for its jobs. All of MAGA, with all those lawyers that have been arguing in front of the Supreme Court, if they took a test, if they took a class to help them with their little SATs, they got to step down, right? It's fair right. is fair. Exactly. And then uh, there's Tommy Tupperville. Oh, yeah, that's where I was going with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'd love to see his, 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 his SAT test score. <laughs> oh, my. And I, by the way, I got to say something. Monroe did a lot better on the SATs than I did. I'm just saying, okay? No, not necessarily. I, I did okay. I can't remember what I did. I, I did, did okay, re- I, but I wasn't. I wasn't in the 90, 99%. I wasn't in the 90%. Um, oh, I did so bad. There was a teacher who once told me, what did he, I can't remember. It was a big insult. <laughs> I don't even want, maybe I don't want to remember. You know, did you consider another career besides going to college? Uh, but I see Monroe in my defense. There's not, I have dyslexia. So I, you yeah. know what I mean? I really struggle with these things. Yeah. Well, see, with me, when I was in the second grade. Yeah. I scalded myself, uh-huh. and I mean, I, it was I, it, the the burn second degree burns were so bad that I couldn't walk because I had a a, a blister the length of my thigh, mm-hmm. and so I missed the first two weeks of second grade. And that's when they were learning how to die. Uh, uh, diagram sentences. <laughs> so I never, I couldn't, if, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't diagram a sentence till yeah. this day. And so I started off behind and, and they ranked kids. So I was in the, th- the third group, the, 
I was the smartest kid in the dumbest group. <laughs> hey, you were ahead of Tommy Tuberville then. <laughs> and I went to summer school every summer. And it wasn't a problem for me because I loved the school. So wow. it was like better than having nothing to do at home. Yeah. And so I went from being very dumb to by the time I was in the fifth grade, I had uh, one of my teachers declare that I was a genius. So I went from stupid to genius in a fairly short time wow. and didn't quite realize how I, I was either place because I didn't think about it. Yeah. You didn't think about yourself in those terms one way or the other. Right. Uh, all right. So, so, so listeners who may not know, Tommy Tupperville is a Republican senator from the state of Alabama. Uh, before he went into politics, I am not making this up. He was a football coach uh, at, and he was at Auburn University uh, for many years and uh, had a lot of black players at Auburn. So this is important. I point all this out. Uh, and um, somehow or other, uh, despite the fact that he was a coach of uh, black players and uh, had to uh, meet their parents, so he's been around black people, uh, he's emerged with what I would call racist views. This is me speaking. Monroe may disagree with me. I'll get his thoughts when I'm done after this introduction. Uh, and he got caught in an exchange on TV with reporters, this is why politicians hate reporters, uh, where he was defending white nationalists, saying they weren't racist, he hated identity politics, which is a really weird thing to say. He blasted the Democrats for identity politics while supporting white nationalists. If that's not identity politics, I don't know what it is, white nationalists. Uh, you're identifying as a white nationalist. Uh, and subsequently, uh, after repeated uh, interrogations by reporters, he stated today, Monroe, white nationalists are racists. <laughs> it yeah. took him like a week to get there. Water is wet. <laughs> <laughs> so help me out here, Monroe. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? Why is Tommy Tuberville, why did he have to be dragged, kicking and screaming? Just saying water is wet, that white nationals are racist. Why? Please help me out. Okay. Um, last week, they were discussing Tommy. And it was this weekend, may have been this weekend on MSNBC. And the, the one commentator said that um, Tupperville was just ignorant, stupid. And that was his defense. Another said he was a racist. <laughs> I know where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah. Billy Yard said, how about he's a stupid racist? <laughs> Wait a minute. What's the difference between a stupid racist and a, a, a smart racist? Um, that might be Moscow Mitch, for example. Who is a who is a smart racist? A racist, because he's definitely a racist, also. So, uh, 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 a stupid racist is a person who's not smart enough to know uh, that he can't say white nationalists are good people without sounding racist. Right. A smart racist is, is a person who's smart enough to say it, not to say it, even if he believes it. Is that what oh, you're saying? Oh yeah, right. Who are are who will come up with uh, some other deflection mm -hmm. about it. it um, yeah, I mean, it's, but for those of us who have looked at studied these things for some time, uh, we could figure it out. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I could figure out, who is who and what is what? Yeah. Um, well, uh, Tommy Tuberville uh, is a disgrace, in my humble opinion. Uh, and the, the uh, turmoil discontent uh, that he is creating right now uh, with military appointments and trying to turn MAGA against uh, the military on the grounds that the military is too woke is... One of the weirdest things I've, uh, I guess, on one level, 
Monroe I've ever seen in American politics in my lifetime. Your thoughts about that? It's, it's you know, it's we have a history of this type of thing. Mm-hmm. With, with, um, and it, it, it sometimes is on the back burner, sometimes it's on the front, but it's always there. And so right now it's all on the front burner again. It's, uh, I mean, you, you, you have um, Tupperville, you have DeSantis, yeah. uh, you have Abbott, you have Trump, you know, and all of them are saying racist things and taking racist positions. Mm-hmm. You have the Supreme Court uh, six. The MAGA six. The MAGA the six. The Supreme Supreme Court six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The MAGA. Okay, you want to come? Uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, uh, they're they've just um, destroyed affirmative action. I said, okay, let's go back to the to pre sixty fifty six. We'll go back to the separate but equal. Yeah. Except the the new their positioning on it is that we don't need it anymore because we had a black president, we had Oprah, uh, we what else? Ben What's Carter. the other? There's a there's like a threesome that they uh, a black president, Oprah, and there's a third part. I can't remember the third part uh, that they cite. Listen, I know people are different than they were when I first moved to Chicago or anyone. Yeah. I know that. Okay. Right. I, yeah. the, I know that. So I recognize that. And I think I've said this many times on the mic. The first moment of revelation was when Tony Preckwinkle in 2010, when the Democratic primary for Cook County board president, uh, even though there was four candidates, three black, one white. So the, 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 the rule of thumb was all oh, the white guy will win because the blacks will split the vote and it didn't right. happen. Right. And I was like, something has changed. Right. In the twi- so I cannot pretend it hasn't changed Monroe. Exactly. At the same time, what? It's not completely changed. Well, well the MAGA, the MAGA people are trying to change, change it back. <laughs> you know, they liked it the other way when they got preferential tr- treatment. When they were the first front and first in line, and we had to wait at the back of the line if we, if we were allowed to be in line at all. Mm-hmm. So that's where that that's their goal to reverse that. It's like, whoa, this has gotten out of hand. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I uh, I'm trying to think who the third person is now. You you could you said three people when we were talking before the show: Obama, Oprah, maybe Michael, Michael? Jordan was the third. I because he's such. Michael Jordan, you might have said, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, he's he's um, he gets to sell so many gym shoes and stuff. Uh, all right. Let's switch to uh, Northwestern. I'd love to get your uh, thoughts about this. Uh, and again, point out Monroe Anderson has been in the journalism uh, business for a long time. Worked for Ebony, worked for the Sun-Times, worked for the Tribune, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, and the National Observer. Yeah. They, yes. Don't, I don't want to forget any. I think you're in the Indiana University Journalist Hall of Fame or something like that. So distinguished alumni. My bad. Okay, I'll put you in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. Uh, so major, major shout out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name them. These Northwestern reporters: Nicole Marcus, uh, Alice Brown, and Cole Reynolds uh, were the ones who broke two huge stories over the weekend about hazing and racism. A second story about racism. Did you get a chance to read it, Monroe, the racism story? Oh, yeah, I read it. Um, And uh, Northwestern was all set uh, just to let this scandal, this hazing scandal, uh, just be swept under the carpet, two-week punishment, slap on the wrist, two-week suspension for the coach on the art grounds that, well, we don't have proof that he knew about it going on, which is, Really a stretch to think that that's the case. But they said, we have no proof. So, okay, I got to take them at face value. They have no proof. So just a two-week suspension. Boom. The Daily Northwestern uh, 
came out with the hazing story with all that they filled in all the details that Northwestern had kept from the public. And then boom, back to back, a second story about racism in football, which is the one that never gets really talked about uh, when the other media is uh, talking about the Northwestern scandal. That one, it was pretty outrageous uh, and upsetting uh, that this racist uh, act was uh, tolerated by the football team and encouraged. Uh, headline in Crane's business, uh, Monroe, this is why I say Jaws and journalism. A fallout scandal, football fallout, football scandal fallout puts spotlight on Northwestern's new president. After a stumbling start, President Schill, that's his name, needs to keep the hazing controversy from damaging the school's reputation and derailing its stadium project. And that is just how, like, corporate Chicago views this. Can we just get, like, let's get the scandal off the pages. Let's not talk about, like, what are the issues here about attitudes toward black people, about attitudes, football football players' attitudes toward themselves, coaches, how they treat them. No, let's just get it off the front pages so we can get our football stadium. Exactly. You know, and I mean, and speaking about diversity, uh, Charles Whittemore is the dean of Medill now. Charles worked at Ebony for a while. Uh, he's been teaching at Northwestern Journalism forever. And he was appointed. As, and I wonder, had, had there been a white dean instead of Charles, if that story would have made it. Through story? The hazing story or the racism hazing story? story? The racism part. Now, I don't know, but I, but you have to wonder. But because you had Charles there, I'm, I, 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 I'm sure he got a, a nod. This is, and I think those kids should get a, a, a Pulitzer. Person. Yeah, I, uh, I I agree. I mean, I can't think of a story. Uh, let me think this in the Chicago area that's had as much impact as this one. Uh, and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, Northwestern was sweeping it under the carpet. Uh, and then these uh, young reporters came out with these uh, s- stories. Uh, and suddenly Northwestern had to pretend like they cared. Because of, yeah, because the president, Shrill, Shrill, Shill. Shill, yeah. Yeah. Shill had just given him two weeks without pay. That was a punishment. Yeah. For what he was doing. Because he didn't know what was going on. You know, yeah, so but- Jim Joyner. Uh, excuse uh, for the the the, the uh, athletes are being um, molested. Yes, uh, in the wrestling team uh, when he was a coach. Yeah, Jim Jordan, Jim the Jordan. Uh, yeah, Jordan, from Ohio. Jordan, Speaking yeah. of Trump lovers, right? Uh, the man loves Trump. All right. Uh, so Monroe, the reason why I say Jaws. Did you ever see the movie Jaws? Yeah, uh, the bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jaws. Did you like Jaws? I yeah, love Jaws. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Jaws was great. I've seen it like three times. Anyway, I love Jaws. Steven Spielberg. Anyway, uh, in Jaws, the sharks are attacking this town uh, in Massachusetts, but the powers that be in the little town don't want to publicize that they're uh, attacking the, <laughs> right. the, the, the swimmers because that would hurt the tourist trade. Right. You know, any bad, it's bad publicity. And that's yeah. how Northwestern is. It's like, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we don't really want this story to get out about the hazing and the racism right. on the football team because it would hurt the stadium. Oh, yeah. Let me, let me tell you this. When I was at Indiana University, uh-huh. my freshman year, 65, I got caught playing penny poker and drinking beer with some other students. Uh, and uh, three of them were white, and it was me and uh, may have been Chaz. I'm not sure. I think it was Chaz. Anyway, we were called before the dean, and we were put on social probation. If, in fact, they were supposed to contact our parents about it, but I've messed that and said, my parents were super religious and they would pull me out of college. <laughs> my, my parents wouldn't have done that, but I just didn't want to be embarrassed. Wait, is your name Donald Trump? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, exactly. My fresh my sophomore year, 
everybody was smoking weed and taking LSD on my dorm floor. Mm. I mean, you would walk down the hall and you could smell the weed. Mm -hmm. They had a party and it was about 10 white students in there who were tripping on LSD and one was climbing the walls. Yes, I mean, there was, he wasn't climbing at all, but he was going through the motion. He thought he was climbing the walls. None of that got reported by the dorm assistant yeah. because they didn't want the scandal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's 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 how it works. Yeah. Well, that's uh, what was going on at Northwestern. And I just oh. love the mainstream media, man. They just want to, they kind of want to say, well, well, let's see if they get to a football stadium. <laughs> right, like, right. Exactly. First things first. First things first. I wanted your thoughts on the racism. I right. sent you the article. Yeah. Like th they make the players do this watermelon melon eating bit. Where because, they, yeah, because, go ahead. Again, let me go back to my college days. Um, freshman year, I had a black roommate, Henry Mosley. Uh, Chaz lived on our floor in the door. Mm -hmm. And they were hazed. The students, they were doing the hazing. And not long into this process, it occurred to me that the only students that were getting hazed was Chaz, Henry, and myself. Uh, and yeah, and I brought it to because I've you know because at first I thought okay well we're all in this together so fine we can have have jokes for example uh, one of the, the hazing things they did was they put a bucket of water mm. on your dorm door mm. and so when you open the door the bucket tipped over and you got you know wet then mm. uh, they they took to throwing us into the shower with our clothes on. They, they did Chaz first. And then they were trying to do me. But I had this $20 Italian knit. And $20 for a shirt was a lot of money in 1965. And so I I, I, I said, no, we're going to fight. If you, you, if you put me with this knit, in the shower, we 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 have a serious fist fight. We're listening for this is over, and they realized that I was really upset. But I but I quit associating with yeah. them at that time because we were always the butt of the joke, and that's what was happening with those students. It's like, oh, this would be funny. We, we, but they also in the article they talked about how they did the car washing. Yeah, car washing um, haze where they'd have them naked. Yeah, and it was just to to humiliate them. He 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 humiliate them and have a psychological superiority over uh, over them. Yeah, you should have gone to Howard. Yeah, it should have gone to Howard. That voice in it—that's as close as we're ever going to get to having as a guest. Exactly. Right, right, right. She weighed in from the back room. They should have gone to Howard. Right. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, she's my she's my backseat commentator. Yeah, they should have gone to Howard. Right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that caught me off guard. Should have gone to Howard. All right, that wouldn't have happened there. You know? uh, yeah. Uh, well, got, maybe she's auditioning for your jokes. <laughs> That's as close. Ladies and gentlemen, I just got to say one more time, a uh, brilliant artist and has a lot of ideas on her own, but for some reason will not come on the microphone herself, but that's as close as we've ever had to uh, had her on. She, she should have gone to Howard. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, there's hazing at Howard, too. I'll bet you anything. Oh, yeah, no, okay. They're hazing at the, the historical the, black the, colleges. The Q's and the Kappas yeah. are doing some serious hazing. Yeah, so some weird twisted behavior on a lot of college campuses. It's not just the white ones. That's for sure. Uh, but it is well, really. See, yeah, because, okay, no, let me be serious about this. Part of the reason why they were hazing the black students was because they wanted them to act white. Yeah. And so the coach forced them to get their hair cut to an acceptable white standard. 
instead of looking like, like rappers or something like that. And if it, and they were doing to them what um, was done to Native American children back a hundred years ago or more, yeah. where you where you, you you bring them into these these schools and and destroy their history, their background completely, and 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 make them try and brainwash them into acting as white as possible. Yeah, that's true. And in fact, one of the uh, football players, a, a Latino football player, yeah, uh, is quoted by name in the article. I got to give this guy a lot of credit, right? Because you know uh, he could be, be subjected to a lot of abuse from Northwestern fans. Were like, "You really screwed it up, man. We loved our coach." Uh, and uh, but he came out and said that they wanted me to be white. Uh, and very weird, whole psychological. But you know what? What Joyce is getting at, what she said they should have gone to Howard, uh, is an issue we'll probably should talk about later because we're running out of time. But the notion that we, when uh, black people go to an all-white school, majority white school, there's a whole set of – even if it's a quote-unquote great school like Northwestern or Harvard or whatever, a whole other set of problems that you won't have to face if you're just in a majority black school. That's the point, right? right. Uh, exactly. No, because I, I – I, I I went to Roosevelt, Gary Roosevelt, which was all black for high school. And I had none of those problems. It was only when I got to Indiana University in Bloomington that I discovered racism. I didn't know it before, except as in theory. That's wild, man. You, yeah. You, only in theory, but in practice was when you went to uh, Bloomington. Right. Um, so, uh, all right. We have a whole bunch of other things we're going to talk to, but we run out of time. Uh, I think that Bill Clinton, uh, tangent as entertaining as it was, <laughs> got off us, got us off track. So what? I really enjoyed doing that Bill Clinton thing. Anyway, Monroe, it's a blast talking to you. Stay well. See you next week. All right. All right. Okay. All right. That's great. Monroe Anderson. Also want to thank producer Chris for doing an outstanding job. And Monroe and Joyce agree with me when I say, hey, producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody.